welcome to this recording of the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond livestream, Season 9, Episode 3, Stone Roadblock. This was recorded on November 17, 2021. Enjoy tonight's recording. This is Robert Clotworthy, the narrator of the Curse of Oak Island, and I have a question for you. Could it be that you are listening to the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond livestream? This is a top pocket find, mate, for sure. All right, it is indeed a top pocket find for sure. Hey, welcome everybody to the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream. I am your host, Jeff Freeman, and tonight I am joined by Jack Campbell and Colin Jameson. Thank you guys for coming tonight. All right, thank you. Thank you. We had an interesting show last night, did we not? Oh, my oh. goodness. That's that was uh that was pretty um pretty amazing. I mean it started off well and then we had some uh, interesting things. It got in, it got intense at the end. <laughs> it get in, intense for sure. I did want to take just a couple of moments as we get started here. I'm going to read a couple of things as we get started. Now there's been a lot of just say comments have been out over the course of last night and today concerning much that went on on the show last night. And um, so it has kept the admins very busy. And this had, like I said, this has to do that was what was on the show. And I'm going to read this. This post here was put up by Linda in our group. And I'm just going to read what she has because it is very important to state exactly what our position is in relation to um, the events that took place on the show last night. Now, this is what Linda put up, and I'm reading this because I want our folks that are on the Twitch side and also on the YouTube side who are not members of our Facebook group to hear this as well. And this goes for tonight and the following nights uh, that we were on the air uh, talking about this. It holds true there as well as in our Facebook group. So this is what Linda wrote. Our team is putting this up for everyone to think about a bit. We are not going to allow negative or critical posts regarding the Canadian government about the work stoppage on the four acres on the island. Nor will we allow anything like that about CCH, nor the Indigenous First Nation people of Canada. We know that feelings are high, but we are just going to settle down for a week and see how this plays out. I hope you all understand that Rick Lagina had a great attitude and Marty Lagina was very frustrated, as was Billy Gerhardt. We are not going to permit anyone to go crazy over this. It is simply isn't how this group operates, and that's absolute. We know that the dig in the swamp this season, they were digging in the swamp. We know that they were working in the money pit, and they're going to be putting a case on down in upcoming episodes. And we also understand that they were working down in Smith's Cove. So we hope that everyone will understand our position on this, and let's not freak out the fellowship or anybody that's in it, including Laird Niven. We support Laird Niven 100%. He's been on this show, and he's just doing his job. Probably had he hated to have to do this. We like Laird a lot. He will be back on our show uh, coming up in the future. Yes, Team Laird. <laughs> Thank you, Deidre. You're exactly right. All right, so with that said, I also wanted to read this one real quick, and bear with me, folks, again, just for a moment. I'll read this real quick, and I'll try to do a better job on this one. This one was written by Shannon Publicover. And it was really cool because it is from the perspective of someone like our friend Colin here, uh, someone from the area of Nova Scotia there. And so um, and it kind of puts a perspective on all of this that we wouldn't normally have uh, those of us that are don't live in Nova Scotia or in Canada, for that matter. Um, and here's what uh, here's what Shannon writes. 
I'm a Nova Scotian. This is my thought. The history and preservation of the Mi'kmaq culture is extremely important and precious to Nova Scotia. That is why it's necessary for CCH to be involved with the exploration. I highly doubt they will cease all activities in the specified areas as CCH will want to learn more about the history and preserve any Mi'kmaq artifacts that are found. CCH are likely doing this for historical reasons only and not so that they can get their share of the treasure, as some have argued in some of the posts that have gone out. Please be patient. I'm sure there will be positive outcome of all of this. It's also going to be a wonderful opportunity for us to learn more about the Mi'kmaq ancestry as well, along with any other history they uncover. So I think that's very well written. Thank you, Shannon, for that. And it's exactly the attitude that we have in this particular Facebook group in our in this show. I think, Colin, I think you had kind of a perspective on this as well from the area, did you not? Yeah, I'd be very similar. I think it's, um, I know, I think two episodes again, on episode two, Rick was saying about trying to piece everything together, and, and there's so many stories, and I think beyond a reasonable doubt, I think the First Nations people in the Mi'kmaq were certainly involved in whoever, whoever, and, you know, over the periods of time that it would have interacted with the coast of Nova Scotia, with the Oak Island, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be, you know, different Europeans, whether it be the temple, but whoever it was that was coming, they 100% would have been interacting with them. And I think those artifacts and things that they're going to find on the island is the things that are going to piece the story and, and be able to put the, uh, you know, put this to bed, I guess you could say. And if anybody that can really answer the questions, you know, the Mi'kmaq people have a tradition of, you know, handing information down, you know, from generation to generation. And I think if they can find artifacts and pieces in Oak Island that they can relate back through to the uh, First Nations people, I think that's going to answer a lot of really important questions. Yep. And, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, uh, for I'd say I'm not boots on the ground, I'm boots on the water. <laughs> yes, uh, so yep. as I, you know, from throughout the season and watching it, the reality is it never stopped anything. You know, they worked throughout the swamp right to the very bitter end. They worked in the money pit. They worked in Smith's Cove mm -hmm. and uh, it didn't stop anything. So, you know, I, I don't know if it was just a, you know, a little bit of made for TV, get everyone yeah. excited. But anyway, I think it's very important and I think it's very well said to be respectful for all parties involved, for sure. Yeah. 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 From a history perspective, I think you have to add the whole story, yes. not just a part of the story. It's exactly. There's no sense in taking one specific angle and saying, you know, we're, we're not going to include, you know, Europeans or Vikings or Templars or the First Nations. I think mm -hmm. anybody that landed in Nova Scotia, um, not to get too long with it, you know, they had to bring everything with them. It's not like today we got to go to the grocery store to get food. You know, they're coming on a ship. Yep. Everything bagged in barrels, bottled, everything. And then what are they doing when they're making landfall? You know, they're trying to find out where do we fish? Where do we hunt? Where do we get, you know, collect food? Where do we get the equipment to repair our boats and vessels? Yes. And where did all that information come from? It came from the local Aboriginal people. So exactly, there's no surprise that, you know, there are First Nation people activity on the island and probably far outdates anybody you know, that was here uh, by a long, long period of time. Yep, exactly right. And Tom Burns said it here too very well, said, for those people who believe the First Nation folks were involved with the Templars, 
like Sinclair and his connection to Glooscap uh, legend, to the Glooscap legend, might be the smoking gun they're looking for. Thank you, Tom. That's exactly yes. right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Th thank you, Deidre. Th and this is true. I mean, Marty's reaction is completely understandable. He didn't have time to digest the information before it was filmed. Yes. He was on the spot. It was all reactionary to that at the moment. Uh, I would be surprised if his initial reaction was calm and excited after hearing uh, when hearing of the additional restrictions. So you're exactly right. So um, I don't, like I said, I, it, it, this will come up later in the show as we go along, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it here, but those are very well good points from you, uh, Colin and uh, Tom, and also from Jack. Um, exactly. And, and it's like uh, I was talking with, you know, my other co-host, John Edwards, him and I were talking a little bit today and he said, look, who was there first? Who was there before anyone else? And I think you alluded to this. Um, all people, the, the First Nation people were there first. Um, so if they have artifacts and they, they have some history of being on the island, I mean, by all means, it's up to us to help them discover that and bring that out to light. So let's do that and let's do it right. Amen. <laughs> All right. So let's get on with the show and on with the pictures and the recap. Season nine, episode number three, the stone roadblock, they called it. Uh, and as you guys know, I got lots of pictures here for tonight. And uh, the first one I just love, as you well know, you I know you love, uh, you know that I love these pictures of the uh, aerial shots of the island. I just, I just think it's so awesome to see these. Um, and so we start off in the money pit, um, in this particular episode and you see them there working. Uh, so you got Rick and Craig came out to the team and they came out to, and then there's all the usual faces out there at the table. Um, and they came out to, uh, kind of give them an update. They had not heard yet about the piece of metal and I will dare say pieces of metal. I think that there was several actually. Uh, that were found we only saw the one that they kept showing us on the show but if you remember in the car ride when rick was uh, bringing marty out to the island in the last episode uh episode number two he said pieces he actually said plural and then he had one of them in his pocket that i don't believe was the one that well, they were testing uh, at least on that, that was it was a round one right, that rick was showing yeah, yeah it was a little different than the others so you know there was multiple pieces and we'll have more on that here in just a little bit as well um, but he was giving them an update and part of what he had said when they did the xrf uh scan of these pieces of metal he said according to rick there were 700 parts per million of gold on this piece 700 parts per million now that doesn't sound like a lot if you think oh 700 parts per million um that's you know a million is a lot of parts but that is a significant amount of gold and you can speculate on that a little bit to say well why was there gold on a piece of metal that's not going to be a piece of gold it's found in cased in a vein of gold in the wall of a tunnel or a wall of a an area down there it's on a piece of metal so that's a little different than just being a piece of gold down there on a, in, a, in the side of the a vein or something like that, is it not? I mean, well, who who was it? The Truro Company, remember the one they had drilled down through, hit the case and pulled it out and found, you know, parchment yeah. with the V on it. That's yeah. right. The, right. Uh, parchment and gold. Metal, gold. gold. 
So not the first time for it to happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they had come up with some uh, gold on the uh, on the drill head and also on the or the drill bit and also on the uh, um the oh they also found that piece of parchment. So yeah, right. you were talking yeah. Bosmore Chapel Vault on that one. Mm -hmm. That's what they had. Yes, exactly right. Um, so what they were doing, uh, the team uh, set up a drill program. They called it the C1 Cluster. I think I've got a picture of it right there. Okay. Now, D2 is the one where they found that piece of metal or pieces of metal, uh, and they brought those up. And again, we'll show you where there's uh, definitely some evidence of them, more of them around. Um, uh, and then now they're working on this B4 right here. So the next borehole B4, which is located 14 feet from D2, uh, as you see there, and this is in that uh, that cluster, which is all these clusters around C1, which is where, if you remember, C1 was where they found the shiny gold thing. Um, the team hopes to find either treasure or tunnel uh, that will lead them to the um, the vault that they uh, that they believe is is down there. So, uh, let's see. Telling you, I said last week it came from the chapel vault. Yeah, that was Dale Carney. I'm just reading some of the stuff here let's see all right yeah <laughs> i agree janet janet said poor layered he looked like he was so stretched can you imagine his position oh uh, literally between a rock and a hard place oh man i mean you had to be the one you know and it, well i don't want to i don't want to get into that too much we support Laird. he's great um here's a map uh they should be using deedra's maps but instead they're using steven's maps Steve Guptels. I had to throw that out there. Uh, but you see right here on the top. This is like they're, <laughs> they're working along the top. Um, <laughs> yeah. Deidre says, I actually cheered for each map I saw. Yep. So right along, working along the top here, um, you know, is where they're headed. They're kind of working this northern edge. I and mean, B4 would be right in this area here where they're, they're drilling, uh, trying to get... Uh, and they're following that. Remember, they were following that line. This is what they did at the latter part of last season when they were taking these other drill spots that they were doing. And they're following that line, and they're still hitting that wood right around 88 feet, 88 to 90 feet. They're still hitting that wood structure. So they know they're going in the right yeah. direction, which, well, which direction? I don't know, going to or coming from the money pit. Because there was um, like five or six last year in a row that they hit that they found exactly. that level. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's uh, that's something that uh, Steve Guptel had said, and I wrote this down because I, he said that. Uh, he said, it's almost like we can't miss because they keep coming up with more and more wood. Um, let's see. Okay, and there's a chunk of wood that they found um, for sure right there. So that was interesting um, because uh, they – and they looked at it, and it, it was sawn. It was, you know, had a – the saw marks on it indicated that it was definitely old. Now they get all this stuff tested and they bag it and tag it and take it, send it off to get the, um, C was it's, um, I'm at a loss for a word. The testing they do on these uh, C14 testing here. Carbon testing. Yeah. They test the wood, wood? to see, get an age on it. Yeah. Um, so they'll definitely get that done. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. I was just looking at some of the chat. I don't want to miss the chat because I know there's a lot of people like, come up with some really good things to say here uh janet says things travel underground it's like the loony yeah remember that loony that uh, uh marty had put down one of the drill pipes and it had traveled about yeah about six feet um in a couple of years well they said i think in a, in a couple of shows that you did 
couple of weeks ago, Jeff, I think Steve Gupta was on watching in the chat and then they had said about how many holes they had actually drilled this season. Yeah. And they said, I think it was like 400 <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Hole, searcher holes that they had put down on the island this year. I mean, yep. that's it's crazy. That's crazy. So, it is. That's absolutely it, crazy. That many holes that they've, they've drilled. And hence, um, I think as you see the map, it's kind of overlaying each one. So it's just going literally foot by foot. And they have to, they really do have to. I mean, and everybody, you know, I have said this before they talk about, Oh, I found more wood, big deal. No, this wood tells a story and it, they're all, they're allowed to, uh, it gives them the opportunity to follow a line. So if they're following this line along and they're getting wood, they know they're still following in the right direction. So if they miss it and all of a sudden they don't come up with wood about 80 or 90 feet, either they've gone past it or they've missed the tunnel has, is moved over a little bit. Um, yeah, so that's very important that they keep doing that. Uh, yeah, it looks. <laughs> somebody said Steve's map looks like worms. It does, and that's that's the movement. That's the walking of that pipe as it gets deeper and deeper as it goes down. It begins to walk over, and it may walk over like like Colin just said. It might walk over a couple feet by the time it gets down to the bottom of the hole, uh, ever the, as far down as they're going. It might walk over that that far, but in that process, they're covering so much more of it. So. Uh, Denver Ecology. They put the 10 footer down. I hope it doesn't walk that far. You know, <laughs> I know. I hope that doesn't. Yeah. I hope it doesn't go that far over. It does walk a little bit. They said it does, but hopefully not that far. Not that uh, far. Yeah. Nick Crampton. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Nick, you're correct. I, I was searching for that word, Denver Chronology. Thank you. That's yeah. the uh, process for dating the wood. So I knew you guys would know that and somebody would help me out. So. Oh, and they were talking about your 400 holes are like Swiss cheese. Yeah, they made Swiss cheese out of the money pit area, for sure. No doubt about that. For 200 years, they've done that, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was, you know, and we talked about that before, Jack. You and I were talking about the fact that uh, you had brought up, I think, last week. when, when Remember when they had to do the all-stop when, when uh, um, uh, Vanessa was there, Vanessa Lucidia with Rock Equipment. And um, that was starting to cave in. From all the times that they've refilled all the backfilled all in all the case on holes and stuff yeah. um yeah so i i think what um the spooner was saying is about the isotope testing like they were doing water testing mm -hmm. um but i think i can't remember it was craig tester one of the other guys had mentioned about uh testing the actual till like the uh dirt and soil materials from from those depths Mm -hmm. um, I think to further gives them a little bit more exact science on this isotope testing for gold and silver and the different yep. materials and where they are and how much stuff is moving around. I think it's, it's very, very exciting what they did this year. And I think mm -hmm. the new, I guess, level of science they're bringing to it with the holes is going to be pretty cool. I think so too. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. And what really got me too, was the fact that they were looking at the, the samples of the gold uh, what they found in the water samples and they compared it to like seawater. I didn't realize that there was a very small percentage of gold found in just normal seawater. I guess yeah. it makes sense that there would be, yeah. um, but it showed a very small percentage in the seawater as comp and then the, what they found in like F4, uh, right. which was one of the biggest ones um, where they found that's this one down here. F4 is where they found the largest concentration of gold in the water. Um, but then it was much higher uh, than seawater. So, right. and the nice part about that I found, I think, was that 
not every hole was like that. I mean, they didn't get every hole being that way. So. Right. Some didn't have any traces of it. Right. Yep. Yeah. And there was four main ones that did that they were constant. That's right around C1. That's why they're doing the C1 cluster. And if so, it was just gold, it, could it, it could be, you know, is it just natural? You know, could it be because there was gold mining in the area? I mean, there's yeah. gold over, which yeah. is a couple kilometers away. But, you know, when they see the silver and all the other precious metals kind of combined to it. Yep. I mean, every every episode makes me crazy because you watch one and you're like, all right, I think it must have been an ancient mining, you know, operation of the go. And then the next yep. minute, well, if you mix all this stuff together. It, I mean, you're mixing really copper and just zinc and everything mine. else all together. Though. Yeah. So was, you know, and those alloys would be man-made, you know, combined you know materials yep. they're not naturally yep. going to form together right so exactly uh, i don't know it's hard on the head i can tell you that <laughs> yeah it really is unless you're into that kind of stuff it truly is but you're right you know having having the gold down there the silver down there uh the zinc down there and all these different materials you know sure you're if you found gold if you're gold vein you're going to find gold you're not going to find these other things but all of them mixed together what does that tell you hmm. Probably treasure of some sort. Yep. I guess anyway. Yep. All right. So they found more wood. We will, I'm sure we'll hear about this being tested at some point. We'll get a get an answer on that. Um let's see. Oh, Don had to leave. Hi, Don. Don Wagger. We haven't seen you around in a while much. And he said, I'd like to stay, but I have to catch it later. All right. Well, it'll be on record. You know that's out on YouTube in the Facebook group. So, but thanks for coming by. Tara's here with us. Hi, Tara. Colin, I have a question for you, please. In all your travels this summer, when they started putting more rocks up and everything else, did it get a lot harder for you to get a feel for what they were doing? Say that again, there are more rocks? Yeah, when they were fighting the erosion, put them down for erosion. Um, not really. I mean, this the swamp area and that roadway which they put up, it was a little, it just... For me, it just a lot depending on the tide, how close you okay. can kind of get, you know, back and forth. If it was on a on a high tide, I think the last series of videos I did there was uh, a pretty high tide, so you get pretty close to see into the swamp and see what's going on. Yeah, yep. I certainly don't think the rock wall was put there for privacy. I think it was just <laughs> exactly is was just you know erosion, erosion and storms and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. And Barbara says gold, uh, typical background level of 0. 0.003. That's what, uh, let's see, tens, hundreds, thousands ppm, typically, parts per million. Yeah, typical economic grade. Yeah, so there you go. That's your typical. And they found, I forget, it was like 0. 0.22, 0. 0.022, was it? Or 0. 0.22 uh, they found, I think, in... Uh, in F4, I'd have to go back and look at that chart again. I know I saved a picture of it, but, um, but anyway, so that's pretty, pretty interesting that, um, they found that. So now as they, well, we'll get to that in just a little bit, but they were talking about now they got a, a target for the, at least the first case on, or one of them anyway. Yeah. Um, so next over they're heading over to the St. Mary's university. You got Craig and Marty, and of course, Dan Hensky heading over there. And, you know, I had, I wrote this down too, because this was really cool. I thought, was a really a neat moment uh, for all three of these guys as they're walking into and going inside the university. Marty asked uh, Dan Hensky, Dan, so what, you know, you've been doing this for a lot of years. I don't remember the exact words. I'm not quoting them very well here, but 
he said, you've been here a lot of years and all this kind of stuff. He says, what, what would you, do you believe, do you truly believe that there is uh, um, uh, treasure on Oak Island? And his answer was something like this. He said, I am more sure that there is treasure on Oak Island than I have that the sun will be, will rise tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's pretty sure. That's, that's pretty sure. That's pretty darn sure right there. I just love yeah, Dan. Dan everybody that got me, they said his age was 82, and he's pretty spry for 82 I'm years old you. running around that I island. I hope I'm doing as well. Yes. <laughs> yep. Hensky, the man, Dan Hensky. Yes, he is, uh, for sure. Yep. Uh, let's see. So, anyway, they head over and uh, head inside. There's a picture of the outside of the I – just, I just love this place. It's really cool. Um, and they were getting taking a look at some metal samples over there. And uh, this is the picture I wanted to show you guys right here. This is the one I grabbed. Now, this is the sample right here that you've seen. I think this is probably the one or very similar to it, the one you see on the show all the time uh, in the last couple episodes. But take a look at this one right here or multiples pieces mm -hmm. right here. Look at that. I mean, we didn't we didn't see that. I'll what's that written on the bag, too? Uh, it says, I believe this is saying metal. 85 foot 85 there's, a, there's a mark right there 85 feet and it says uh c barkhouse and t matheson oak nine i think that's a nine artifact 0153 153 artifacts so far oh yeah oh my goodness. yeah probably so and that's just this year or season yeah. nine yeah. <laughs> yeah but look at the look at that either there's a multiple pieces or that's a big piece of metal right there um so, but we never saw that. They didn't take it out of the bag, at least for us to see. Obviously, they did when they were there with uh, Krista Berceau, um, but they didn't show us. But I had to grab that picture because that's a pretty substantial piece of uh, piece of metal right there, is it not? Uh, you know, they didn't. If it was there, I thought, well, maybe they're going to take it to Carmen Lay, you know, have him as a full piece, you know, or something. But I never, we never saw that either. Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't take that over to uh, to Carmen. And this is probably, yeah, I mean, Carmen's great at identifying, it, you know, what what something is. But chunks of metal like this, yeah, especially the ones you're digging up out of the money pit area, I, you know, once you and you've hit it with the XRF scan, um, that's that's pretty significant that uh, it came up with gold content. And then you got to run it over to here and get it looked at with the uh, the big machine. Um, which is the SEM, the scanning electron microscope. And they're, uh, they're very right? fortunate to have a, a couple of the uh, best science labs and, and uh, universities in all of Canada are within an hour of Oak Island. So they're pretty I fortunate. Know. Yeah. And the fact, that, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have to set this up with her and get over there, make sure she's there, she's available, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're exactly right. You know, to be able to take take that over there and get it and get it scanned within a reasonable amount of time, rather than shipping it off somewhere and waiting weeks and weeks. Um, yeah. So there's Krista, and uh, we got Sean Yang there also uh, doing their stuff. We've seen them both before, and he, you know their equipment that they have, and like you said, uh, Colin, to have this equipment right there. That's I can't imagine what it costs to have that uh, have that there. Um, yes, Jenny, uh, Jenny has asked this question. <laughs> Have you thought about interviewing Krista? Yes. Um, yes, it would be a very interesting, uh, interview and, um, hopefully more to come on that. 
That's all I'm going to say on that one for now. <laughs> That'd be you, you have to, yeah, you have to remember that everybody, including these folks here, uh, are under in some sort of an NDA, and uh, some people are more um, comfortable, I should say, to talk about what they can, what they know they can talk about, and what they can't uh, than others. Others are very like, nope, nope, I don't want to get on air and accidentally make a mistake and say something I wasn't supposed to. They're very um, uh, scared about that. And I, I can't blame them. I would be too. I'd be terrified to accidentally slip up and, and say the wrong thing. Hmm. This is that one spot. They did find that one spot that turned out to be pyrite, which was fool's gold. Fool's gold. Yep. And had you seen Marty? He was like, oh, here we go. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. Here we go again. Oh, my gosh. We're just going to have pirate when there's no gold on it. But lo and behold, they did find gold. And that's this piece right here. When they took a closer look at it, they did find that, in fact, um, and again, I'm referring to the synopsis. And again, thank you, Jan, for these synopsis. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Um, 65% gold, 25% copper and 5% silver is what they found on that. Um, that's a combination of the three. And, um, like, like Colin was saying just earlier that, you know, you, you have a combination of these things. It, again, it's on a piece of metal. It's not something that's found in a, in a rock wall or a vein of, of, uh, you know, of gold that this is a mixture and it's, so it was purposely on this piece of metal for what purpose we don't know it was was it was it uh, uh a piece of metal that was um what they call it, gold plating where they put the gold leaf on it and they you know um i don't know i don't it's the process of brushing it on there and making it adhere to the metal religious artifacts from south america i mean yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly right um, and that's where, and then Krista Berceau was talking about that. She had mentioned that very thing. Whoops, I'm going to jump ahead there. Uh, she had mentioned that very thing. She was explaining that a lot of copper, it gets added to gold to give it the rose color. Thank you. That was Sharon uh, Thompson had said that right there. Um, I like the look of the rose gold. It gives it that that rose gold look. Um so that it has a little bit of a reddish tint to it instead of all just gold. And I, I, th I like it too. I think it's a great color. Um, and that's what you would do. You'd mix copper with gold with a, a little, a little bit of copper in it, and then a little bit of silver in it to get that rose color. Um, and so, and that was something that was used by some folks down in South America that uh, Colin just talked about. So yeah, that's uh pretty interesting that, um, that's what it was. So, so it's proven. I mean, there's your gold. And I remember they were looked over and Marty looked over at Dan Hensky was sitting there and Dan just looking at the screen was his eyes were just like, he's like, he's probably thinking to himself the whole time. He was like speechless there, but he was thinking, there it is. It's finally right there in front of me. That 47 years later. Yes. After all the years and the work that man put into that place with Dan Blankenship. And there it is. There's gold found in the money. But yes, it was a small portion, but that tells you it's there. It's not just a myth, right? It's not just a made-up story. It's definitely there. And there's a lot of super great comments going on, trying to read and 
I know, I know. I know. There's, a ton I know. Of people, there's a ton of stuff going on. Yeah, Tom Tom Burns said, uh, and it is gold embedded in something man-made found 85 to 90 feet underground. Mm. Who goes that deep? Exactly. That that's you just made the point that I was uh I was talking about. Yeah, Dave Gu um Gustafson. Uh that's we're going there. We're getting there. We, yeah, we're gonna talk about the Tambaga. Uh, from the Spanish conquistadors, yeah. Yeah. Uh, found widespread in pre-Columbian uh, Mesoamerican and North American, South America. You're right. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that. And that's, I mean, does that tie in the Aztecs and the Incas and the Mayans? Is that somebody? It's a long, it's a long journey. Well, the gold came from somewhere, and it was clearly, you know, whether it was the Spanish. I think someone made a great comment. I mean, a lot of that that even did make it overseas. Ended up, you know, between the Templars and the Spanish from back in the day, mm -hmm. and uh, it had been brought back over. So it's kind of hard to date from the gold to how it got there. Yep. Who knows? Yeah, you're exactly right. And so that, you know, it's going to change things up. And there was a there was a researcher that was on the show that was talking about Aztec gold, and we know that right. the Spanish were down there just taking all they could from the Aztecs. Trying to find a study of gold, I believe it was yep. down there, if I remember correctly. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, what's, you know, what's, what's this going to change, you know, now? And, and that's what, that's what I'm talking about with these clues. When you find these clues like this, now you have the gold mixed with the copper and the silver. That's a clue that's heading you down a particular direction, or maybe just refining the direction. Um, Spanish gold. I mean, that's. Uh, we keep adding countries as we go along. Yeah. Has the flood tunnels been capped or plugged? I've missed. No. Uh, not as far as we know. They have tried to pump out or they did. They were trying at one point to pump out like 10X and that and they were unable to. So it's obvious that I think there's more than just what came possibly came through Smith's Cove that would be uh, flooding in there, I think. Um We'll find out in future, but I don't think they have it plugged. No, by no. any means. They were certainly were doing some more drilling and digging on the Smith's Cove side leading into the Money Pit area. I'm not sure if they were trying to yep. do another cap or just finding <clears throat> again tracking the tunnels or just doing some more isotope testing to kind yes. of go down where the gold silver right. is. So, yep. And yeah, we're gonna go back to what Dane Blankenship saw. Remember the four holes in the ice that he saw back the ice holes, ago? yeah. Yeah, could those be flood tunnels? You know, I I thought maybe, but that can happen naturally as well. Very I much so, yeah. Yeah. You you probably have a good perspective on that, Colin, more so than we do. I'm not uh yeah, I mean the waters that are going off on that south side are not particularly deep and it goes out a long ways now. What did the topography, you know, look like three, four hundred years ago? You know, I don't know. Uh, but right now you do see that in the cove that I live in, there's a couple of spots. I don't know if there must be natural springs or just how the current and the tides go. Mm -hmm. and I get, you know, on one section of the cove, I can get three feet of ice. And then all of a sudden you get these big holes of water pushing through. So mm -hmm. very possibly natural formed. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think they, you know, 
Well, we know by one of the pictures that you took, I think it was one of your pictures that was showing that they were diving out in that area. Yep. Um, so what were they looking for? Were they possibly looking for what could have been causing those ice holes? Because that was generally the area they were, uh, those ice holes were, I believe, in the south shore off the money pit right there. So I suspect um, in the next episode or two, we'll see some guys out diving and we'll, we'll find out exactly what they were doing that day. Exactly. Yeah, right. we're going to have to have you back on too for that because uh, they'll be explaining the pictures that you uh, that you took. All right. So moving along here, let's jump over to, uh, let's see. Oh, um, oh, that's, I wanted to bring this up too. This is something that Marty said while he was sitting in the lab there with Christopher So and um, Sean Yang. He said, and he was talking kind of, part of, he got part of it on camera as he was there. <clears throat> he said, uh, the test they do today, the test that they are doing today influences what they do for the rest of the year. And I wanted to mention that also in relation to what happened on the show last night that got everybody all fired up. He knows that, you know, they're still working the money pit area. So if it, the test that they did where they did find gold on that piece of metal influences what they do for the rest of the year. So don't get too discouraged about all of this. They still got plenty of, of places to look. All right. So here we jump over to the swamp area. And of course, you see all the gang down there. Um, and this, remember, is uh, I wanted to show this picture again. Terry DeVoe was there um, in the last episode. And he was showing this as fascinates me right here. Um, and I wanted to bring it up again, um, showing this uh, line. That's uh, So that's the stone road, 20 feet wide by 70 feet long. It runs all the way out. And it he has found where it looks like it runs all the way out into um, the uh, ocean right there just off of Smith's Cove. So really cool that that, you know, has been... Um, pretty much nailed down and you see all this debris of the other rocks and could they have used a lot of those that wharf that was out there uh, and used the rocks for something else later on that's why you don't have a big concentration of them mm. yeah likely that that cove area get churned up something terrible as you remember a few years ago that's why they put that reinforcement in uh, i can't remember what season it was but we had you know quite a significant uh winter mm. and it had ripped the washed a lot of that road away that's so, right. Yeah. And then they had to go back and rebuild and put the road in. So you can imagine that's one winter. So you do it over 400 winters. Yep. So that's the time period you're talking about. If this stone right. pathway is from the, you know, 14, 15 hundreds, I mean, that's right. That's well, five or 600 years ago. It's, it's exactly right. Yeah. And that's why you would get all this debris of these stones that are moved way off, you know, over towards yeah. you, right? And it would really obliterate that over that many years. And it, and how, who knows the intensity of those storms that went through at that time, too, yeah. or over that time frame? Yeah. Let's see. Actually, that's where they've been lucky the past couple of years. They really haven't been hit with a major storm up there. Well, for anyone that's been down in the area or has ever traveled to and did the Oak Island tour, there's a, a place called the Island View Restaurant, which is, you know, literally just a couple of minutes. It's kind of between Oak Island and Gold River, and it's, it's you can sit outside and eat, and you can actually see Oak Island from it. Anyway, they have a big seawall that runs down in front, and there's huge, I mean, like six, seven-foot round diameter granite boulders. Mm. And uh, I remember one storm we had a couple of years ago. It actually rolled a couple of those big boulders up against the uh, the outside of the building. I mean, it was 
incredible the force of the you know the atlantic ocean and and some of the storms so again you think what it looks like now in that swamp and the roadway and and everything over you know two three four five hundred years of mm -hmm. storms and hurricanes i mean i know just from my limited number of years i've been on around uh how many storms and what has changed mm -hmm. i mean this would look totally different hence the old you know was oak island two islands All right you know, it's yep. it's really not that out of you know it's very very possible yeah not out of the realm of possibility you're exactly right yeah. yep <clears throat> Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, and I heard that story. I, th I don't remember if that was Karen that was telling us. Somebody else was telling us that story about those big stones, and I thought, or boulders, not stones, boulders. Um, that's, that, and again, that's that's a pretty, that's intense. And you wouldn't think that it would be able to do that, um, that a storm could do that, but yeah, it sure can. So um, definitely something to uh, to take into consideration when you're looking at erosion and by storms and sea surge and everything else like that you know, over the course of hundreds of years um, can really s obliterate something. And that's why you're not going to find all this laid out like it was when it was built. Well, that's right, Gary, when the very, what's the very first thing they do in the beginning of the season, they're down on the shore after this, you know, because the winter and the storms and they're where you scan it. Hence why they found like the lead cross and so forth over in, uh, in Smith's Cove. Cove. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. Yeah, it was Cat Fulton there says you're just agreeing with us there and it is a point um, assessment on that, that uh, if the cribbing were on those wharves, a stone would tumble and get scattered by the surf once uh, wood rotted away, the Atlantic surf would be so brutal. Yep, exactly right. So um, uh, let's see, Island, oh, Island View Restaurant, so he's Island View Restaurant, been there, who was that? Uh, oh, that was, that was John Edwards. Hey, John, John Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great place to eat. Huh? All right. Well, I'm going to have to try that out. I know when I get to, when I get to Nova Scotia, I'm going to be up there one day, hopefully next year. If travel uh, restrictions aren't uh, imposed once again, <clears throat> I'll be there. Got a lot of people to meet. Uh, if you remember too, this is where they, uh, in this area over here, where they were looking just on the West side of the, uh, stone road there they found those pieces of barrel um, barrel staves and uh, also the uh, that piece of wood that we think may have been a uh, blaying pan or something like that used on a ship at yeah. the square end uh, something like that so that's where those were found um, and then they came across some pieces of glass uh, so craig tester was in there with uh, miriam and miriam was just digging out all kinds of pieces there um, i think gary drayton found them first he was over there metal detecting and he came across a hit um so uh he and they started pulling all these pieces out and they were they were finding and you you know i think gary said something about man you could almost put these all together and come up with a uh actually build a bottle here or something and put it all back together um but there were several pieces those pieces there look like thicker pottery pieces but i don't know there's a piece yeah. of glass yeah but all laid out really cool um and then they found the top and the top is the part that they were saying tells the story. And I don't know. You see how excited Miriam is there, uh, Amaro. And she was, uh, you know, you, you want to get a look at, I guess, the way the construction of the top is, the actual bottleneck and the uh, the top here, uh, will give you a better idea of when it was made and possibly right. where, I guess, right? So, um, Did they say an onion bottle, Jeff, if I remember? They didn't. They were calling it... Uh, 
let's see if uh and i forgot they called it something now they were speculating that it was an old wine bottle um but they were calling it uh just dark glass i think and she said it had the bubbles in it you know that was miriam was talking about all the bubbles that were in it um which would uh a wine bottle yeah and it would had had a lot of bubbles in the glass which would indicate it was well before they really refined the process of making uh, glass bottles and glass uh figures and whatnot vessels of some sort so that helps to put an age on it as well um uh, then they also found those stones. They found some rocks and whatnot. Uh, there's a large one that I grabbed a picture of. It looks like it's one rock right there. Uh, and then, of course, the smaller ones, which means, yes, indeed, the stone road does head off that, that direction. Pirate rum. Yes, that's what I was thinking, Alessandra. Hi, Alessandra. How you doing? Hello, Alessandra. <laughs> the pirate rum. Olive oil. There, thank, thank you. That's what they said. Olive oil bottle or something like that. I think they called it. They had a name like that to it. Um. So yeah. <laughs> and we all sing one hundred bottles of beer in the swamp. Oh boy. <laughs> Who was that? Barbara Duncan. Barbara Duncan. Yep. Leave it to Barbara to come up with something funny to say. Yep. All right. So uh, let's see. Then they uh, they bring over Steve Guptel and he comes in and he's actually doing uh, bringing over the mighty uh, GPS stick uh, to get a he's going to start checking this out and comparing the elevation and the location of these as compared to the stone road and the road that takes off and head towards Nolan's uh, Peninsula and on into the um, uh, towards the Nolan's property up there where the house and stuff was and also the the eye. Uh, of the uh, swamp so he's doing those comparisons and rick asks him to kind of get a look at the layout of what they found so far and try to speculate where it is look at that the edges and then try to find an alignment to find out where it's headed where where is it pointing towards from mm -hmm. there um, and that's really the big take of this area as far as i could tell um that they were working on that um and then I did, here's a, a kind of a, a back shot or a, a, an aerial shot here with a drone. I just, I, and again, I just love these pictures. You could get such a better overview. This next one is really cool. And I know that this had a, a point of interest that uh, Colin was, had brought up when we were looking at this before the show started. Um, and again, um, this is them working the archaeologists. There's uh, Miriam over there and there's uh, uh, Liz is actually with them. Now we see Liz showing up. Uh, on the island finally um and so you see this piece right here so you know we were thinking okay once this thing happened with the cch came in and and um marked this area designated this area yeah. go ahead colin no no i was gonna say it it, it didn't stop I, I think it's i think a lot of people are getting themselves overhyped that it was this was some gonna stall the operation and and go you can see that, and I think I know in a, in a few episodes ago, uh, Jeff, you had some pictures we were showing of them, even late, late September, uh, early October. Um, those, I don't know what's, someone could probably come up with, I remember what the name of it is. They got the uh, tripod, and they would be putting the dirt in and then uh, yeah. shaking it out to separate, you know, if any artifacts yeah. or pottery or whatever's in there. Um, and that ran from... I'm going to say, I think they were working and doing some stuff in early May or late May, I'm sorry. And it wasn't until probably late July that they actually started digging in September, October. So all throughout it, it happened. 
because even when you're watching the show, it does not show in chronological order. Just yep, yep. No. Everybody knows it's it, they well, kind of double green for right now for its reason. Everything right now. Yeah, that's that's certainly you know that's definitely like a, I'd say an, a, a, an August mm-hmm. look is what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and those pictures that you took right at the end before you put the boat away for the winter, this tripod was still set up. Yeah, I'll um, maybe later on, I'll, I'll send you some May, June, and July of the same area. Okay, and that'd be awesome. to see the progression of what they're uh, of what they're doing. So right. and, for anyone that's scared it was going to stop the rest of the season to show what's going on in the swamp, it's not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's why it's, it's one of the reasons why it's uh, so cool um, that uh, you are here because you give us that local perspective of what's happening out there and you can help us to uh um you know alleviate our fears just a little bit yeah well i don't yeah. know a lot more than you guys do in a lot of the cases i i know i was watching i put all the little red flags it took mm-hmm. till episode two till i finally figured out what in god's name all the red flags were ah. going by the island and i'd see these flags all through the woods and all down through isaac's point i'm thinking what is with the red flags are they mapping are they doing some more you know, so they remember when they did the uh, eagle eye, did the sonar, so is it right, they, or surveying uh, or something? Yeah. Clearly, and then this season, you know, after I see, they say no, they were marking any uh, when Gary was doing his metal detecting, mm-hmm. they were using the red flags to mark the area, get the okay from, um, I guess it would be the, the the from from Laird Niven, yep, and Larry, yep. okay, then they were digging that piece up and marking it in an article, like so. So no, all these things never stopped it. It just, I think it made more of a process, which to me uh, makes it much more exciting because it goes to show that, you know, there really is substance. This isn't just a fictional made up, you know, maybe right. what if, no, this is real. Mm-hmm. I think uh, like Mar- or, uh, like, yeah, Marty says it's, you know, North American history changing right. things have happened here. And right. uh mapping this stuff out properly it's it's very exciting I, I i personally find it i mean i'm excited about gold don't get me wrong oh yeah me too uh, <laughs> more than pull out the ark of the covenant or something would be yeah <laughs> um but just the history and linking that stuff together i think is just it made Laird a very busy man all yeah around. yeah for sure yep exactly right yeah nick uh, nick said for screening yeah that's what that little tripod is there for matter of fact there's somebody standing there screening right now uh, in this picture there you can see them hunched over it looking there so they're shaking it back and forth and they're screening it for artifacts so that's yeah that's exactly what that little tripod is set up for yeah. um and there's like shaker yours i think this is over here in the corner is another shaker uh it's one of those ones like you've seen alex lagina was uh using when they found that uh that button um that coat button that he found so yeah they got different ones but this i think that's exactly what that is is a screening uh setup of whatever type uh, for sure and then um i think there was another one here uh, uh julius asked this question here what deadly gas was ever resolved to kill the father and son and that was the um the rest um, yeah the rest and i believe there was i heard two different stories about that and i'll just touch on this briefly i believe one of them said it was carbon monoxide from a engine that was running and it was running the pumps and it was actually the carbon dioxide flowed down into the shaft they were in it settled down there and killed them but 
I also heard it was H2S gas, hydrogen sulfide. And that I know from the work that I do as a, uh, I, you know, we take, deal in safety equipment, gas detection monitors, and I know that it can kill very, a high enough concentration can kill quickly. And we know that that happened because whoever went down to help died as well. The first person, then the next guy put on what they, they rigged up some sort of a, a mask with filters on it. And he went down and was able to get the bodies out of there. So I believe shipwreck, I believe you're correct. Um, that I think it was H2S because I don't think carbon monoxide is going to kill that quickly. And this one did, and H2S can certainly do that. So I think that's the answer to that question. So, um, uh, yes, we do, Linda. Oh, Linda says we need that? to get Colin to get a drone so you can fly it off your boat over the next season. We tr trust me, we we really thought about it, but uh, <laughs> you'll know, you'll notice when I do pitch and stuff, a couple of things I try to not do just out of respect is uh, I try to stay off of the uh, Blankenship family because there is a house and they live on the other side of the, uh, on the north side of the island and, uh, and try not to go during the weekdays too much, you know, yep. if they, when they're filming and try to keep our distance from it, mm -hmm. uh, not to be too overly nosy, but yeah, we've, we've had the big debate in the drone and you never know, maybe, maybe next spring is it. <laughs> <laughs> all oh, right well if you set oh, up a gofundme oh, for the price <laughs> we'll have to help out uh but yeah i just love the drone shots i really do and i and i honestly you know i i think that's great that you do uh show so much respect for what's going on in the filming and that you try not to be um you know you know when you see them yeah thank you we and that is great I, I, that just shows the uh the type of person that you are and that's awesome that uh you give them that respect and that distance um, like you saw the divers and stuff, you stay well away from them and not bother them and stuff. That's just, that's great. Um, so there's a little close up of them working. There's uh, Miriam. Uh, she's uh, working a spot there and looking for artifacts and then Laird, of course. And then we finally see uh, Liz Michaels, as I mentioned earlier, Liz is finally on the show. We didn't see her in the first couple episodes, but there she is doing her thing. Uh, getting her trial. I, I noticed that there was a scene where she was walking away and she had the, uh, uh, the little trowel holster. Did you catch that? She had a holster. It was on the back, on her backside, and she had her trowel was in there. Now, <laughs> I've seen, you know, I've seen holsters for guns, of course, and I've seen them for drills. You know, the guys that have a drill and he's got a holster for his drill. Screw Jeff, this whatever. is Canada, remember. <laughs> we only have holsters for trolls here, no guns. <laughs> when I caught that, I thought, that's pretty cool. She's got a holster for her trowel. I thought that was awesome. So, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, but I, I didn't get a picture of it because you know I didn't want to, but anyway, so that's where that's where uh, he found his um, uh, oh, there's your mom, your mom's here, <laughs> bring some spy gear, yeah, <laughs> yes, hi, hi Sue, how you doing? Thanks for coming by tonight, appreciate it, thank you, <laughs> yeah, definitely, you got to get him go, we got to get him on his spy gear, you, you're yeah, absolutely right. right. <laughs> So uh, this is the uh, this is the piece right here, or at least one of the pieces. And I and I I have to believe, and I'm pretty confident on this. There's more than one. Um, that there, this is the one we saw in the show. Um, but uh, there was I I pretty confident there was more than one piece that they found um, that uh, that they believe was Mi'kmaq pottery, um, and the uh, you know what brought <laughs> everything you know out. But again, as we said before. If that's the case, and it is Mi'kmaq pottery, 
they need to be included in this. Right. You need to get them out there. And I think the age, he said 500 to 2,500 years. I mean, that is I think it's, a range. I think this is very exciting, and I think it's going to help answer a lot yes. more. It's going to connect the dots with a lot more things. I think yep. it's I think it's fantastic. Yep, I do too. Quite you honestly, get knowledge from the Miguel of what went on there. Absolutely, absolutely, Jack. Well said. So there's uh, there is uh, Laird. He, he's now gathered up his pieces, and he's going to head over to the war room to kind of give an update of uh, what's happening uh, with this particular find. And I think that this kind of decides what, you know, I mean, technically, when they were looking over on this side of the stone road, what what were they looking for? They were looking to see if it heads off toward the money pit, which we'll talk a little bit more as we go along here. But that, they, and they find some artifacts. Yes, they might find some more oxen shoes and things like that. But this was really what they were looking over here for in the first place was to see where the stone road was heading, right? I mean, can you, can you imagine the, the effort and the work, just the stone. Never mind, never mind digging a two hundred foot hole in the ground in Nova Scotia. I can't dig a five foot hole in my backyard in Nova Scotia. Sorry. <laughs> and you know, you remember this. This was an island. There was yeah. no like, today. There's a causeway and you can drive and everything. So this is an island. They would access by boat only. Mm-hmm. You know how you would have drugged the rocks. You know, I'm sure they would have brought out because it. You know, for years and years, you know, there would be people bringing. Uh, livestock onto the different islands yep. that would yep. feed in the summertime because of course you never have to worry about your sheep running away or your cattle getting away on you mm-hmm. um, but you know to construct just the physical labor and the amount of to do this yep like it blows your mind to think you know for some people to go through the amount mm-hmm. of effort to put this mm-hmm. in place mm-hmm. it had to be something extraordinary it just right. You're not even how many wharfs there are around the island yeah they were put up well yeah. i mean wharfs over times i mean from the samuel ball from you know the late 1800s and early 1900s i mean there'd be oh my god you know from chester to mahone bay alone there'd be hundreds if not thousands of different types of crib and slipways and because i mean what did everyone do they were fishing or farming and mm-hmm. how did you get around you got around by boat you weren't driving around your car right so yeah that's not unusual to have a tremendous amount of the old slipways and, and cribbing system from, I mean, more recent times, you know, a mm-hmm. uh, hundred or two years ago. Um, but the ro- but the roadways to bring that stuff in, I mean, construction involved. Yeah. That's, that'd be hard to do with today's equipment. Imagine when exactly. Smith and Billy Gerhardt with all his gear and say, Billy, I want you to go build me the stone roadway. It, it would be a huge undertaking. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, the, and back then, you think, yeah, like you said, you know, look at it today, it would be a huge undertaking even so. And back then, I mean, they got to come up with all these rocks and bring them in from somewhere. Maybe they're gathering them on the beach. People have speculated about the boulderless beach. Was it used for somebody? We don't know. Um, but to even come up with all these rocks and stones and, and small yeah. boulders that they were dragging in here and then to lay them out, the manpower and the time that it would have taken to do this and the oxen to haul them, the rocks from one place to another and just, what an undertaking, like you said, it's just, and why you're not going to, I think, I think, uh, uh, Dr. Spooner had mentioned it. It's not going to be, people are going to build this for, you know, fishermen and, or woodsmen or whatever, aren't going to be building this road like this. It's a major undertaking. So it's going to be for something very important. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, when Samuel Ball, you know, they said he was a cabbage farmer. So clearly, yeah. you know, they were doing some vegetables and what would he have done? They would have 
you know, harvested that product, they would have taken it and by on shore. But I mean, that's not enough product to require this huge roadway and stuff. No, so absolutely not. Anyway, it's it's yeah, pretty pretty fantastic. It really, it really truly is. And it means a large scale operation and you're not going to do a large scale operation for something simple. I heard somebody mention something about an easement. This was not an easement. Somebody had said, oh, you know, they, they discovered this road and don't they realize that's just an easement for the electrical that went through there? No, it was not. It was not an easement for electrical work that went through. We know there was an electrical power line that did come through this area at one time. It ran right up along here. Matter of fact, they found one of the, uh, I think they found one of the old telephone poles or whatever, the power poles, but it, that's not what this stone road was. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it just wasn't. Um, and, and they dated it. Then they dated. I mean, Jack and I have talked about the, the other platform on the other side of Nolan's Peninsula was dated. What was it, Jack? Oh, uh, <laughs> now you caught me. That piece of wood that the Dr. Spooner found in between the rocks that he took out there had been flattened. It was 1220. Yeah. 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 They didn't have power poles in 1220 running through there as an easement. Okay. So, you know, anyway. Which is one of the dates that nobody has quite figured out yet how that fits in. I know. And it it's it's it it predates everything else. It truly does. So all right. So moving along here, we've got the uh this is the uh, close-up picture of the pottery. I mean, I, I was telling, you know, when we Jack and Colin and I were talking about this before the show started, you know, we I was looking at this and I I mean, what an eye that Laird has even to be able to determine that that's a piece of pottery. Hmm. Broken pottery. I I look at it and I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a, you know, what we used to call dirt clods. It's a it's a pack of dirt together with mud and everything. That's what it looks like to me, but and That was Gary that originally found that. Um, not this one, not this one. Gary found the other pottery. He had a hit and he found that pottery and stuff. This was actually found by, um, by Laird. They were, remember that you see them in that hole and he had cut that around and he was troweling, cleaning off this, this piece that he found, uh, when, uh, Liz came over and he asked Liz to go get, uh, Liz to go get that, um, uh, some tin, uh, aluminum foil so he could wrap it up. Hmm. Um, so, but I mean, to, for him to be able to spot something like this. It just, you know, shows you the uh, expertise that I mean, he with my eyes With my eyesight and I'm being able to do something like that, I am envious. I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have just overlooked it, you know, probably as a, as a just, a, you know, piece of mud or dirt or whatever packed together. But but I think it's, it goes to show the importance. I mean, people lose perspective on, well, why would the province and everyone be getting involved in it? You know, I think as they find these, these uh, artifacts, you know, they don't want someone going with, you know, what did the guy, you know, why is the green area there? Uh, because they know that was basically open pit mind at one point in time. Yep. I can't remember, and, you know, it was really, so even any artifacts that were there were destroyed and they, they yep. know that. So they, these right. on basically really untouched areas like yep. the swamp, I mean, it yes. really gives the ability to, you're not just digging and smashing. I can't imagine the amount of painstaking work that these guys are doing by hand, scraping away and picking piece by piece. Because it's a it's a fairly large area. It's a, yeah. it's a big spot these guys are working in. Right. Yeah. Um. Somebody asked the question: What was the date of the wood taken? Now that when I mentioned oh the stone roadway, I I don't recall. I think I know that yeah, Eagle Eye Laird. I know that um, 
Dr. Spooner did get did take some of that wood out and they did get it. Does anybody remember? I, I don't have that written I down. Don't. I don't remember. Uh, if anybody in the uh, out there in the chat, if you remember um, what the uh, Dr. Spooner, when they were working up by the regular stone road, he did find some pieces of wood that were like sandwiched in that area uh, mm -hmm. in the cribbing and whatnot. I think they did get that data. Does anybody remember? Um, yeah, it seemed oh. to, to indicate that a lot of it was that not just the date, but that it was more that the swamp was uh, man-made because, you know, you get all that sediment, but as they were digging down, they were finding materials that were, were mm -hmm. placed in there. So it, wasn't yeah. like, it was not naturally occurring. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there were some cribbing and whatnot under because they used like a layer of cribbing underneath and then rocks on top of it to keep it from sinking in. Uh, the 1200, that was... Um, uh, somebody said 1200 cat was that uh, and that was 1220 was the date of the, the piece of wood they found over in the platform um that was over by the uh the on the other side of nolan's peninsula that was in season uh seven seven and they found that and they tested that and piece of we wood. first saw dr spooner if i remember correctly well yes it, that's it, when dr spooner showed up billy gerhardt's top pocket find was the uh yes in the last season with the piece of wood i mean yeah what was the rumor on that 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 was dated from the year like 1000 or 1100 yes Probably yeah. a, a piece of planking from a, a viking ship like yeah a ship's railing and that's where you know you go back yeah exactly it blows your mind exactly right yeah. yep and that's and that's the thing we keep talking about they keep finding more and more pieces of wood uh in and ship parts of you know wood that are belonged to a ship at some point were um you know, found there. Now, yeah, we talked about that before. Yes, some of them could have floated in from a shipwreck and got washed in by storms and everything and finally collected in the muck of the swamp and got covered up over the years and found later. That is very true, but um, I think we're going to see more evidence coming up in future episodes here because they were still working in the swamp. I got some pictures of that later on here at the end. Um, well, the boys, my, I heard rumor too that the boys were in Newfoundland doing filming this year as well. Yep. Yep. I think that was for the, uh, I think that might've been for the, one of the episodes of beyond Oak yeah. Island, maybe I'm hoping so. Um, so, and then, so then, um, uh, Laird headed over to the war room. He had to have a sit down and give him the preliminary, uh, findings or the, the word that he got when he was talking to CCH about the, um, the find of the, uh, the, the pottery that he found and, uh, what the CCH was going to be doing about it at that time. And they were pretty hopeful um but he did have to disclose the fact that they they could uh ask them to stop working in a particular area because of it um uh, and again what a hard job that he would have had to have to uh, uh to be the one to talk about that um so there you got them and then they're all smiles still at that point but um there was arcadia that wanted to come in and take a look at it if i remember correctly arcadia yeah well he called it um i got it written down. arcadia first nation arcadia Acadia, thank you. No uh, R in there. Yep. Yeah, my bad to add the R in there. Yep. Acadia First Nation. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so they get that all set up and they're talking about the Mi'kmaq artifacts that were found and uh, giving them a preliminary rundown of all of that, which um you know, I kind of set them set them back just a little bit uh during that, but um and, and something that, that they had talked about, the fact that they are trying to solve this mystery. Um, you know, it, it, it's good for them to have reached this point 
Um, and then now they're going to be able to um, uh, bring in some more people. I think that, like you said, like I said earlier, they bring in some of the representatives of the Mi'kmaq uh, nation and bring them in and have them be part of this because this is their heritage. And I think, like Colin said, this is going to possibly help the whole process by giving more information about who possibly about who they were dealing with over the course of their 2,500 years of who was showing up over here from yeah. the Europeans. So I, I think this could be yeah, turn out to be quite a benefit in the end. We might be able to find out who the first people actually were coming in. Wouldn't that be great to ask them if they had that information to say, oh yeah, it was Henry Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> and we called him goose clap, goose cap, goose, goose cap. That would that I mean that's who I you know I keep thinking that's who they were calling uh you know uh, well, the, the, the Templars and the, the Templars and, and the Mi'kmaq, I, I'm one hundred percent go to my grave. There was one they were totally interacting during that time period. Well, it's, I can tell you you're not alone, Kyle. Yeah, I yeah, I was gonna say I think so too. Uh, they they need that definitive uh proof. Yeah. Uh, I know that the flag yeah, there was a talk about the flag being a reverse copy, but I think that was tossed out. I think they came later and said, "No, that was not true." But I, I don't know. Again, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, fully on board with whether or not that flag really was or was not. Um, you know, where did where did they get that inspiration if it was true? But you would know more about that, Colin, than we would, I think, because uh, you know, living up there. Um, but if that's true, then that's that shows you right there a link between the the Templars and the Mi'kmaq. Mm -hmm. um that that battle flag so uh really cool stuff there so here we got steve going back out and dr ian spooner he's coming out and he's this is where they're talking about the stone uh area that they just uncovered uh heading toward the west uh maybe northwest uh toward the money pit area and he asked steve to to look at the sides of it and kind of get an idea of where it was heading and he did so. Now, this picture is kind of blurry. I'm sorry about that. I was trying to. This one here kind of lines up the stone road that's heading toward the uh, northeast, uh, towards the Nolan's Peninsula. And then, of course, here's the main stone road they found coming across and then going this direction and where they're at here. And he was looking at the elevations and stuff and determining that it was about the same elevation uh, from over here as to over here. Yeah. Uh, and then... He was able to uh, scroll it. There we go. Then he was able to take a look. This is the one they just found. They just uncovered on last night's episode uh, where they uncovered this section here. Of course, this being the stone paved right here, the 20 foot by 70 foot piece. Uh, and they uncovered this right here. He was able to look at the two sides and get an idea of its trajectory of where it was heading. And sure enough, heading right for the money pit. Now, don't all all don't all roads point to the money pit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just saying. Yes. And I think most of them go to C1, it seems like too. Yes. Yeah. So uh yeah, all roads lead to the money pit. Absolutely. And uh, but you know, if if that's it turns out to be true, um, there you are looking at it right there, and there's C1 right there. So it's just a few feet from C1. So that's like the parking space. You pull up with the ox carts and boom, you're there unload everything into lowering it down into the uh the c1 cluster yeah that's it but uh, you know you're going to bring it up there to uh where the oak was right that had the block and tackle i guess and start lowering the treasure down into the money pit 
uh, via that section right there. So this is where you're going to be either hauling it in or taking it out. And again, why would they go through all the trouble to make such a massive roadway back then if it wasn't something super important? Um, it, it does confirm that when they did that grid for C1 that they really hit the mark on this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I think so. I really do. Uh, let's see. Tom Burns, isn't the Money Pit uh, target site uh, getting closer to Aaron Helton's suggested area? It is. I think it is, yeah. Um, well, and she talked about that she, in her episode that she was under. She was on a couple of them last season. She was talking about the uh, the tunnel system that's underneath. It was heading towards the that would head, actually kind of head towards the eye of the swamp from the money pit, and uh, going along where over in the corner of the, uh, the beyond the far west corner of the money pit plateau i'll call it the area where they've got it all flattened up up there yeah. um but they didn't find one but i got i kept thinking that they should keep trying um to to uh to go take that a little bit further so uh gee, let's see yeah that was a good point that uh, linda just brought up too is that Mar we see marty on the island you have to figure that's a, she said that's about august 8th um when marty got to the island so and that's around this time frame right here so this is midsummer um uh yeah <laughs> yeah exactly right linda um so all right so let's see uh wonder if they were going to introduce a new archaeologist mary um mary maleski uh talking about uh, the new archaeologist on the show isn't she someone well versed in micmoff history uh, i don't know we don't know her name yet at least i don't i don't know she if anybody knows her head on one picture i think that's that's a that's a good point yes that's a really good point wow um she might be that that person might be the person that is bringing the uh or the, that is there for the uh the uh, first nation people I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to find out as we go along here. That's a good, good, good perspective. That's why I love the chat here. That every we got so many people that are so much smarter than me. Um, here we go. So now we're at the interpretive center, and uh, Marty uh, just got back uh, with Craig, and they were uh, at from over at the uh, uh, St. Mary's University, and they were getting uh, the assessment on the medal with the gold on it. Um, uh oh this is uh alessandro navardi that's a and not avari that's a great question i didn't see uh i don't know it's a stone road aligned with uh zina elbrum's map oh i didn't all. see that i missed that one hmm. um i don't know i'd have we might have to have a look at that yeah we might have to have a look at that um that's a 1347 date on that map yeah 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 the anchor yeah wow Interesting. You know, something else I saw, and I know what's this? The Ogam Stone? I O O O G A M Stone? I don't know what that is. Anybody else know I, what that is? I think that's part of Nolan's Cross. I think that's one of the outliers. Uh, okay. I could be wrong. I, All right. I, wrong. I remember seeing that on this picture, and I didn't. I didn't know what it was. Hmm. All right. You could be right. I, I I don't know if anybody knows for sure what that stone there is. O O G A M stone. I don't know what that is, but yeah, it could be the that would be the arm, one of the the far end arm of the uh, Nolan's Cross, the south arm. Mm. 
So then we got, like I said, we got Marty over here, and he's giving his assessment to the crew on uh, what the um, the gold was. And I found in D2, Marty explains that gold is found on the metal, uh, contained copper and silver, which uh, Dr. Brissot felt was rose gold. Um, Marty further explains that if you look up, rose gold uh, is made of um, what would contain 75% gold, 22.5% copper, and 2.5% silver. He then tells the group of what um um i forgot i forgot who it was now i went by your name already but uh gustafson uh brought up the uh, mr gustafson brought up that uh, that tumbaga which is aztec mayan and maya and inca uh used to make jewelry and religious artifacts um by the people of south and central america as early as 1300 a.d um some feel that oak island treasure could consist of gold silver and jewels um, and could very well come from that area, could it not? I mean, if you got that mixture showing up, um, I, still, I still think there was what they talk about the multiple layers. I think there yes. was different. I think there was different depositors and different. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's a lot of piracy. You know, even the British Navy, all those that generation of stuff coming through would have had some type of Spanish connection to. Yep. That's what the goal would right. be. Now, the tempers going further back, you know, certainly may have been something even much older and, and, and further ago, but definitely, I think, Spanish gold. There are lots of, there's lots of shipwrecks and there's lots of other treasures that have been re, uh, recovered off the, uh, off the shores of Nova Scotia. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah. not, it's not, yeah. you know, out of, you know, completely out of place. Right, exactly. I think that we're going to, and then as we go along here, I think this season is going to reveal more and more of that information as we go along. I really do. Um, because the, the signs of it being Spanish gold and coming from South America is, I think they're laying the groundwork for that. And uh, But you're right. I do believe also that there are multiple um, layers, like you said, of, of who's been on the island and what may they may have been you know brought with them. Or vulnerable and vulnerable places, possibly. Yeah, too. in multiple places. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've speculated about Samuel Ball finding, uh, being someone who found. If he was not somebody who was uh, in the initial finding of the money pit, which again, that's kind of sketchy because his name was on one report saying he was one of the three, and then later it was taken off, and Smith was added. But uh, you know, so you know, where did he? What did he find? So I, it's yeah, it's open for. Uh, more findings for sure to come along in the future here. So as he was explaining on this, and it kind of did a, a time jump back, uh, looking back in time when uh, they had uh, Dr. Lori of uh, 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 Verderame, uh, the antiquities expert was out and she was looking at, uh, she was talking about the same type of thing, looking at some of these different uh, Aztec or South American gold pieces um, she was there. She was looking at, um, oh, I brought this. I put that picture of the silver. She was actually looking at the, uh, wasn't she there to see these, um, the cross? I forget now what she was actually looking at. Um, but they brought her out and she was uh, studying that. And then they, they talked about some of the other things that were found on the island, like this pair of scissors that Dan, I believe Dan Blankenship found these. Um, and I think those trace back to being Spanish. Uh, and then, of course, the Marviti. It was found. season one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was like season one. They found this this little jewel right here in in the swamp. In the swamp. Yep. 
And of all places, I mean, of all places to find it uh, in the swamp. So, uh, yeah, interesting. So, I mean, it, again, it's uh, it's leading to that, that whole Spanish side, is it not? Uh, and there's they they were doing a comparison here of the uh, the the uh, cross. Thank you, Jan, of the cross and also the gold that was found on this piece of metal. They were doing a comparison. Um, so uh, let's see. Oh, okay, all right, that's what I yeah I, I thought so yeah. So then Linda and Jan are reminding me that yes, she was there to check out this cross. Um, and get a look at it and get her assessment of it being an antiquities expert. Um, that's exactly why she was there. So, uh, but what a, what a great find. And this was supposed to be found in like 30 feet down in the money pit. Uh, as they were digging down, they supposedly fought this, uh, found this piece. That, that was one of the three chests they took out, was it not? That's what was said, yeah. And I guess that, you know, I guess... As the story goes, I guess. And, and, right, as the story goes. But then there was also a time when I know Joan was talking about the fact that she was kind of on the spot there, that that three-chest story may not be exactly the way it was. Um, so, but we won't get into that right now. But that, that was that was the indication that, that she was, you know... Um, that that was not quite the way it went down that they found three separate chests and split them, you know, one, one took each one, one of the guys took each one. Um, so, but this, uh, this was kept over the years as one of the artifacts. Uh, and that's when she was there to checking that out. Um, so then we get to the final war room uh, part of the episode. Um, and I didn't really, I, you know, again, I, not a lot of pictures on this one uh, just simply because we know what took place in there. Uh, the guys gathered, everybody was very somber faces and stuff. And they went around and they talked about the fact that they are going to be, um, uh, need special permission to continue in certain areas. And again, I'll just, uh, I'll just show the map for a moment. Um, now the thing that I wanted to point out about this is not only because you have these three spots here, uh, the now that they need to get special permission to work in. Uh, this is again back in like August or you know or before that time frame somewhere in the middle of the summer. Um, we do know, especially from our friend here, uh, Colin, who got these pictures for us, that not only were they it is that uh, that sifting or that um, screening uh, tripod still set up over here in the southeast corner of the swamp late in the season, and we know there was activity over there. We also know, that this gives them the opportunity, again, just like COVID did in season eight, gives them the opportunity to kind of work in some areas that they may not, uh, they have an interest. Uh, so we know from the pictures that we have, um, and I was just going to point out before I go there, this green area is, of course, the area that they can continue on unobstructed. They can do whatever they want. Then they have to, if they step outside into this red area, they have to have special permission and also here and also over here. Um, so. We know from Colin's pictures that he shared with us, this is one of the pictures that he sent to us that was taken down in Smith's Cove, and they're drilling. Okay, so that would be this area right around in here. So you know that that didn't stop him from working in Smith's Cove, right? No. Um, so that would be in this general area down here. Let's see, what did I have for the next picture? Yeah, this is also that same area. So here... Here, they had the drill rig, uh, Choice Drilling, doing a drill job down there, okay, right in that spot. And then 
later in the i think this was that was early on if i don't remember exactly so oh september 13th it says right there september 13th yep um and then this picture that was taken later the same area and you see this big mound of dirt and i had speculated that on the other side of that is a big hole yep you got a big mound of dirt well, that, that is a pump there. What they're pumping water out of it. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a big pump in there, so they're pumping water out of a big hole. So right on the other side of that is a big hole. That is my idea, anyway. And they're pumping water out of it. Yeah. So that means they were working in this in Smith's Cove. So it didn't right. stop. All there. I had to be was more detailed on what they were going to do and everything. Exactly, but also, you know. That, that that this is an area that they wanted to look at anyway, and it didn't stop them from going over here and doing that. That they needed. Now you could speculate what were they looking for over here? Were they looking for a flood tunnel? As one of our folks in the chat had mentioned earlier, did they ever block them off? Maybe they were looking for a, a flood tunnel over here, or maybe they were searching for more evidence of that that structure that they found, that tunnel collapsed tunnel that they found back at the in uh, last season. When remember when Rick went down on the fifty foot excavator, yeah. uh, he went down and sitting in the bucket. He wanted to get a closer look, and he went down in that bucket. And then Marty came over later, and there you see Billy. I mean, Billy's a—he's he, got to be a little bit crazy, but he was definitely undermining. It was undermining underneath the edge of the excavator when it was sitting on the edge of that yeah. that hole. I mean, as soon as I saw that picture, and then Marty said, first of all, he's got to stop because he's undermining." But it was all collapsing in and stuff. But yeah. remember, they found that structure down there. It looked like right. a tunnel, a collapsed tunnel. And his voice, when he says it goes that way, was yeah, he said it goes that way. way. <laughs> but Jeff, remember, um, and this would be a few episodes. I think one of the, la the last episode I did, but at the very end, it, they had a map overlaying where they were doing all the water samples. Mm -hmm. That's this right here. That's how we kind of connected the dots. This hole that they dug here. I, I believe was one of the ones they had dug specifically to do a, you know, a silver cold sample as they're trying to, you know, triangulate or, or narrow down the pattern to, around that C1 area. Yep. But they certainly did. They, and they, um, there will probably be a show. I remember it was a Tuesday uh, when they had the drill, drill rig was active. They actually set up, you know, they always have the white tent. Yep. And the guys drilled yeah. there and they're, they're pulling out the plastic mm -hmm. bags. They were doing that right out of this hole right here. Ah, so they, they, so every ten feet they do it or something along that nature, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I had my uh, my sister on the back of the Sea Dew one day. We were taking a rip by there and, on a on a weekday, and uh, they had yeah. Anyway, they had the tent and they were doing core sampling uh, right there in Smith's Cove as well. So I think there's something of significance here. Yep. Because um, if they dug 400 holes, which Steve got <laughs> yeah. Feet, you know, they certainly weren't going to that extent at all of them, and uh, and they right. certainly went through enough to uh, to do some more filming and stuff there as well. So right, so they found something here. So yeah. that's it. That's and I can't wait. I'm I absolutely cannot wait to find out what they did here and what they were looking for. What did they find that 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 took them to this level to dig yeah. that to dig this and pump this out and find out what's down there? That that I I can't wait to find out. Uh, what what was happening over here so again it's it's that point that we're trying to make is that 
you know, now they're able to do these things. Now they're able to go here and look at this. It didn't stop them from continuing on this, this work with the CCH. Um, no disrespect to the show, like the, the TV show, but it is still, you know, a TV show. There's, I know at the end of the seasons, they're like, you know, are we going to do this next year? I don't know, guys. What do you guys right. think we should do? Theatrics, you're saying a little bit. Yeah, so I think there's a little <laughs> bit of spin on, you know, oh, my goodness, we're not going to be able to dig because of this stuff. No, yeah, yeah. You know. I think there was a level of that uh, for sure that, uh, yeah. you know, was added in. You know, this is going back to what when Marty went down in that hole down there. The very next year, they were doing that map, uh, Charles and Steve. The Behringer survey. The Behringer survey. And that yeah. thing, they stood, and I remember them saying that Billy was sitting right on top of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Billy's excavator was sitting on top of the spot. Right on top. Right on where top. Where the one spot it. from the Behringer survey was. And that's where I was speculating if that's where that hole is that they dug. And they would have, they, they obviously did a, uh, a drill first, maybe a couple, like you were saying. And then uh, they followed it up by actually digging a hole there, a pretty deep hole there and pumping, keeping, you know, the water pumping out of it. Yeah. Um, this was another picture that uh, Colin sent us. And this one was neat because this is looking back towards <laughs> South Shore uh, from the Money Pit area. And you see the top of the drill rig right there, you know, right where the arrow is pointing, obviously. So, again, this is one of those areas. And I'm going to back up here for a second. That would put that right about in here, right in that area there. Yeah, and just, just just off the shore there, that's where they were diving as well. Right, yes. Like yes. Right, where you're, right where your eye, where your cursor is. It's yep. that's they actually had a dive rig and the guys were in the water there. There's looking or searching or investigating something right there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Good, good point. And then, so what were they, what were they working on? Did it? So again, I, my, my point is, is that it didn't stop them, but I, I cannot wait again to find out what were they, what were they drilling for over here? What was going on over there? What were they looking for? Were they looking for another flood tunnel? Were they looking for a tunnel that may have been from that pit coming back up towards the money pit? Because if you remember the one story, I think that was uh, Doug Crowell was reading from that ship's log talking about a, you know, working from the shoreline tunneling into the island from there uh, to to drill or to, uh, you know, put a treasure in. Um, it's funny you say it, Jeff, because the day in Smith's Cove when they were drilling, and remember I said they had the table and they're doing stuff, yep, was the yep. same day that they had the divers in the water on the other side. Or they, it, it looked like a diving barge that they had off. And they had a salty dog or a tour boat um, just behind them. It's kind of out of the picture yep. that those guys were either filming off of or observing what they were doing. Um, so they were putting holes and then off the water looking at this, you know, these two different points. So right. that's a good point is, you know, was there some connection to a flood tunnel? You know, were they capping off? Were they pumping something in and seeing if it was coming out right. into the water over there? Right. Could have very well been Tony was a part of that this year, also. Yeah, yeah. Tony was definitely part of it. He does most of the offshore diving for them. I think he does all the offshore diving for them. Tony and Al, I know Alex has done some. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's always going with Tony and with doing Tony. salty dog sea tours and uh, him diving out there. So he he hasn't gone down any of the caissons, but he's he's definitely uh, does all the offshore diving. I don't know. I, I yeah, I you, know, you think about going down on one of those caissons. Oh my goodness. That, that has to be a 
claustrophobic. You got to have nerves of steel. You're, you're exactly right, Kyle. <laughs> oh man, I'm, not, I'm not going in. Golden. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pump all the water out. I'll go down there all you want. And somebody mentioned that earlier too. That wouldn't putting the caisson down in the hole. Uh, wouldn't you be able to block off the fun flood tunnel? But the caisson stops. They actually don't go all the way down right. because those, like C1, we know that there's a cavity down there. Hmm. So when they go down into and they reach that cavity is pretty much where they stop. When the diver goes down, he goes past the end of the caisson uh, into that and then could eventually go all the way down into the cavity that's down below. And they stop on bedrock. Yes. Yeah. Right. So even you're never going to get a, a full seal as they go down. And I think right. even the caisson is attached. You know, it's you know one piece, and then it goes down. Right. They attach another right. piece, goes on. So it's, it's not watertight. It, yeah. it will. It will be very exciting to see what they because you know in previous years they were using was it six foot or eight foot caissons and yeah, eight. and now this year was a 10 foot and they seen like it was a 40% large, like it's yes. massively yeah. larger. Um, and you see people standing in those things right now. Yeah. Manny was standing in it and he's six, yeah. two, six, three or something like that. Yeah. So it'd be pretty exciting to see just what comes out. And, you know, I know they said about putting multiple ones down. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. you know, I'm not there every day watching them, but it, it certainly appeared as if only one, cause they didn't start putting it into the ground until, uh, must have been into September, and right? Then, uh, and then maybe they just ran out of time. Yeah. Well, they got it down, or maybe they found what they were looking for. And they right. That's what I was hoping. So that's exactly what I was hoping because, in based upon the pictures that you were sending us, and also Karen Publicover <laughs> was sending us too. Thank you again for that, Karen. But those pictures were definitely showing us that it didn't look like they did more than one because it never. I was looking at the perspective of the trees and whatnot around it. It never looked like it moved to another spot. So I'm thinking they only they only put down one case on. Yeah. Why else would they stop? Either A, they ran into some sort of trouble, or B, they found what they were looking for. Right? Yeah. Um, and then I grabbed this picture here, too, because I wanted to show this right here. And again... This was taken, um, I believe, is I, I don't remember if this was one of your pictures or one of yeah. Karen's. Yeah, I took um, that one. You, you, okay, yeah. Um, and again, it's the um, it's the excavator that they've been using in the swamp, the wide tracks on it, and it's got the very large boom, um, so you can really dig pretty deep. And again, where is it sitting, Jack? <laughs> oh, my favorite spot that I still say. <laughs> where the big wood anomaly is down there. So... Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's something Jack and I have been wanting them to, uh, they, they had talked about putting in the, uh, the uh, cover dam. Yeah, thanks. The coffer dam around there and, and, and really doing a great excavation of this, obviously. And all the coffer dam, the pieces are up are up in the money pit. I think they're all still piled up in there because they never ended up putting them in, but I think they kept them on the island all year. Um. But we know that they're still working in this area. Now, this area over here to the, east of that is that one of those spots where in the southeast corner where they have to get further permission to continue but not over here hmm. okay so over here now they can check out this and they spent a lot of time if i remember right do you do you remember colin did they spend they spent quite a bit of time working this area didn't they yeah i'm just looking at i'm just i may not have taken that particular picture i'm trying to look back through and on just okay. on, on dates just to kind of get a an order of when this happened I know on September 12th, they were just setting up the main crane. 
Okay, for the, the money. For the... So that the week of the twelfth is when they put the actual case on. Uh huh. In October second, they had the first two big sections. You got you know, there's picture of them actually in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find when the big equipment was in the swamp. It wasn't until later in the summer because in May there was, there were people. But there was no equipment. I suspect it was just, you know, they would have staff and guys getting ready and, you know, right. surveying and figuring out what to do. Right. Yep. Um, because the guys were late getting here because COVID was on. We had quite a, I don't know, whatever. I lost the count of which wave it was, but we had quite a an yeah. upheaval there in the uh, in the spring. We were locking things down pretty tight mm-hmm. locally. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, but we know that they were working that area, so we will get to see what happened here, what they found. So it was that part of a ship. They were looking, it looked like it was a big beam. This is in that right. same area where they, they were there. Found... Jeff, weren't they there late last year also? In this area here? Yeah. yeah I think so. I think oh, so. Late they couldn't do anything because yeah. they got too wet. Yes. Too muddy because of the water, the spring springs that are there. Yep. That's, that's where Billy uh, had his top pocket find. That he found right. his trowel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, here, here, put this in your pocket. You know. Yep. Yeah, and that's when they when they did that digging right there, uh, to in that same spot, they were finding that beam. It looked like a big beam that was down there, and that's uh, um, where they were the reason why they needed to go back and have a uh, a better look at this. So we are going to get to see what did they find in this area of the swamp as well. So. Um, wrapping this all up for tonight, folks, it's like I said, it's, you know, yes, it, it seemed really discouraging last night, but I really don't take it that way. And I don't think the team will, um, either, um, because I think there's going to be much benefit to this, um, in the long run. And so, you know, I, I, I really don't take it as a bad thing. I, I really don't. Um, I know it was kind of a shock to them and obviously it was to Marty and they caught him. You know, on a camera. Flat-footed. Yeah, I mean, you you got to look at the fact that this guy's putting in millions of dollars into this uh, enterprise, and um, so you know, for that, uh, you know, for all of a sudden to be told that four acres of this land now you have to have special permission, or it sounded like we're not going to let you do this, but it's special permission they have to have. Yeah. Um, I, I can see how he felt like he did. So, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so again, let's not get carried away. Let's just see what happens over the course of the next week or so. And I'm sure uh, we will see this develop into something much more of a team effort between Oak Island Tours and the uh, First Nation peoples and the CCH uh, going all working all together to make this happen. So I think it's all going to come out. Um, so I think that's that's it's a good thing in the end. So don't let's not get carried away. Let's see what happens. But again, you know, you can speculate all you want at home with your friends or whatever. But again, as I mentioned earlier, we're not going to we're not going to have that on our group for sure. Uh, If you are, you know, with the derogatory remarks about Laird or anything like that, we stand behind Laird 100 percent and all the members of the Oak Island team. And again, I think it's a very good thing to have now that they have found and established that the. There's pottery there that from the Mi'kmaq that they need to have them present in this and get information from them. Maybe working together, I think, may lead, like Colin was saying, may lead to great things uh, down the uh, down the road. So, all right, folks, that's pretty much what I had for tonight. Jack, Colin, you got anything else you wanted to add? No, I think we had a real good discussion. Yep. And uh, I look forward to next week. All right.
No, I think it's super awesome. Like you say, Jeff, I think the uh, the Aboriginal, the, the Mi'kmaq connection, I think this is all positive. I think it's going to help answer and connect a lot of dots. And uh, I'm super excited to see what the next couple of episodes are going are gonna to bring out. Me too. And uh, again, thank you for coming on with us again, Colin. And yes. we're going to have you back. I mean, it's it's. I think it's a great thing to. Uh, I, we did our testing with the group, our poll that we put out. We asked people what they thought about having, uh, uh, you know, more than two of us on the show, and they said three was good, four was even good, but no more than four. So uh, yeah, we're going to continue this down the road. We're going to ask you to come back. We're going to have Dale Carney come back. John Edwards, of course, will be back with us uh, time and time again throughout the season. So we're going to have some fun with this. And I think, and I love the fact that now we have perspective from Jack, from you and having your local perspective and as well as Dale Carney, you know, on the show, having his local perspective is awesome. Um, yeah, I we appreciate you letting me on. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's great. It's a great group of people with uh, a common True. interest in it. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's great. Now, if we can just get uh, Tom Burns to come on, uh, we'll be rounding this out pretty well, Tom. Hint, hint. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Henry Duet. We got to get Henry Duet. Yeah, Henry. So Henry works. He's, he's busy a lot of quiet. You'll be fine Tom. on Wednesday nights. But uh, Tom Burns, we're going to get him on here with us pretty soon. All right. Well, thank you, folks, for being here with us tonight uh, on this episode. And don't forget, this Saturday we're going to have uh, our show with. Um, uh jeffrey irving is going to be on at two o'clock on saturday we're going to be discussing the oak island library with him and his time as in the war room on the island in episode three season nine or no season three episode nine uh where he gave his uh theory uh explanation in the war room so we're going to be talking about all that we're going to have a great afternoon with him and we hope to see you here with us and again we'll be back on here next wednesday night i think there's a yeah we're getting going into the americas having our uh, thanksgiving uh, going into that season for sure. But uh, <laughs> looking at some of the chatter, laughing about it, talking about Tom being on here. So anyway, thank you guys for coming. We'll see you on Saturday for Jeffrey Irving. And then next week again at 7.30 for episode number four recap. All right, everybody have a great rest of your week. We will see you next time right here on the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this live recording of the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream of the Curse of Oak Island.